to Very Amusing with Carly Wiesel, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, your host. And guys, I rode a horse! I'd never ridden a horse before in my entire life. Apparently, riding a camel in Israel does not count. And it was glorious. I'm truly one second away from just moving to the Fort Wilderness campgrounds at Walt Disney World. I want to live in an RV. I want to move into a cabin. I want to go to the Tricircle D Ranch. I want to do it all. Do I want to become a Hoop-dee-doo cast member if it comes back online? Absolutely. Do I just want to sit in the back and eat a pail of macaroni and cheese three times a night? Also a dream. Either way, I'm all about outdoors life. I have shed my indoor kid skin and I'm, I'm ready to move into the woods. I got to be honest. I used to love a luxury hotel, but whew, give me a golf cart, give me a cabin, give me mosquitoes, and I'm ready to go. Now, as you know from the title, we have a very special guest this week, comedian, actor, and podcasting king, Paul Shear. We'll chat with him about all things theme parks momentarily, but first off, I just want to give an extreme, heartfelt thank you. The response to our first podcast was unbelievable and completely blew me away. I cannot believe so many people said so many nice things. Again, I will keep saying this in perpetuity, but as a Midwesterner, it's very hard to take a compliment. It's very hard to be flattered, but I am forcing myself to address it and say, y'all really came through and I appreciate my family, my internet friends, my fellow Disney fans, and any stranger who possibly wound up on here thinking it was a Six Flags podcast. (laughs) Thank you all so much for tuning in. I love hearing that you're enjoying it. And I also love hearing that your kids are enjoying it. So Jude, if you're listening, you can tell your mom, Brooke, that she has terrible taste in theme park cheese and also go to bed if it's nighttime. We love you. So with that out of the way, let's quickly recap all of this week's worthwhile theme park news. Over in Florida this week, Universal Studios' very cool HHN tribute store saw an expansion with some major Beetlejuice touches. But personally, I am all about the themed holiday food. Beating heart jelly gummies, sandworm-style pretzel hot dogs, a massive jack-o'-lantern donut. It looks so great, while also being an ideal consolation prize for all of Halloween essentially being canceled. Happy PSL season, by the way. Yes, it is still technically summer, but you can never start too early in wishing that 2020 would end immediately. Now, at Disney World, the athletes have vacated Disney's Yacht Club, which is now open to guests, and the Lost Bros, who were there opening day, have made me so jealous with their posts. Fried shrimp poolside? New inner tubes for Stormalong Bay? Ah, it all sounds like a dream. Now, back on the home front, California theme parks are being very innovative while completely closed. I reported on the state of things for California parks in my sci-fi column this week, but with Knott's Berry Farm welcoming guests onto their ground for a food festival, Legoland allowing visitors to see Miniland USA, and SeaWorld now able to open its outdoor animal exhibits. I'd love to see Universal Studios Hollywood or Disneyland allow guests into the park for a similar event. No rides, no nonsense, just favorite theme park food and possibly giving some of their employees a return to work if they so choose to. Now, on a related note, you may have seen me proclaim about this on Instagram. I found Disney Parks chairman Josh DeMauro's recent Instagram post to be very intriguing. That post, a photo of him with Marvel's Kevin Feige on top of the center of Avengers Campus where the Quinjet had just been installed, felt like a very pointed photo op to me. 
This dude is a big time executive. And frankly, I can't ignore that if this photo is out there, it's because Disney wants us to see it. And they're signaling something, which I'm still not sure what that something is. The land is not yet complete, which you'll see in the photo, but I will add that walkways are typically done last. When I took a hard hat preview tour of Avengers Campus back in March, Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure ride, was already cycling ride vehicles, and there was plenty more to do, but the bones were there. Nothing was done and shiny and show-ready, but construction was, and currently is, progressing. Now, not to cherry-pick news stories that fit my narrative— But Blog Mickey shared yesterday that Disneyland posted a hiring notice for stunt performers for two roles at Avengers Campus, one to play Black Panther and one to play Captain America. Both Avengers were announced as part of the core stunt show within the land, which happens, ding, 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 on and around the Avengers Campus main building where that Quinjet is. And... Not to be real galaxy brain about this, but the stunt show, in the form presented to me back in March, also starred Black Widow because the stunt show's villain, Taskmaster, is the same villain from the forthcoming film. Now, originally, Marvel's Black Widow movie was set to open May 1st, about 10 weeks before Avengers Campus's original opening date of July 18th. With Black Widow now pushed to November 6th, I can't help but find it curious that the villain and the star of that film, who were said to be a pretty integral part of that show, from my understanding, do not have casting notices out. As we were told at that March preview, the stunt shows wouldn't always be identical, so could they be proceeding with a version of the show sans villain? Maybe those roles are already cast and other performers are now unavailable. Maybe we won't step inside a California theme park until 2026. Who knows? (laughs) Nothing is certain, and there is absolutely no indication of when California Adventure may open. But we have nothing this autumn to think about, and I'm so excited for this land that I'm choosing to fixate on this. It's already going to be so hard to nab a reservation for the park, assuming they do use a system similar to Disney World's, and adding a new land will only exacerbate that. But to me, this is all worth keeping an eye on. I think we have to talk about Stony Clover Lane. Stony Clover Lane is now totally in the Disney fold. If they sound familiar, it's because the accessories brand, whose colorful pouches, totes, and backpacks have taken over Disney social media, likely populate your entire feed if you're a woman or a gentleman with great taste. The company has stores in New York and Palm Beach, Florida, but insiders know that they also sell Disney-specific patches out of Fable, the store inside Four Seasons Resort Orlando. Now, I looked into it, and apparently demand has been off the charts, to the point where the specific Mickey and Minnie products that can only be purchased at Fable are currently not available over the phone. You have to go in-store and buy them, because they are running out, and they are so in demand. It's bonkers. It's truly a moment unlike anything I've seen since the first days of Disney spirit jerseys. And just knowing how hot these items are and that they keep showing up on my friends, I know I'm going to have to get some pretty soon. In other shopping news, Disneyland Resort is hosting a special reservation-only event later this month centered around 65th anniversary collectible pins. And when I checked... Time slots were completely sold out, so clearly the demand for merch while park gates are closed is definitely still there. And now, with all that out of the way, let's get on with the show. Okay, you know that feeling that everyone knows something that you don't? For me, that used to be Quint's. 
But no more. Quince is a truly astounding retailer, essentially carrying everything a person on your mood board would wear. We're talking washable silk blouses, chic leather bags, 14 karat gold jewelry, European linen dresses. And the best part of all is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They're up here with $50 Mongolian cashmere sweaters. $50! Beautiful, timeless items you can wear and actually live in. Meaning, you don't have to be scared to bring them on your theme park travels. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you're sensitive to retailers like I am, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. But it's not just your everyday work-life clothes. They have everything. I recently joined a new gym, big deal for me, and desperately needed new workout clothes to wear there. It's kind of like an LA gym. It's like, it kind of got to look cute. So I ordered a pair of their ultra-form bike shorts and high-rise pocket leggings. And when I tell you, the quality of these leggings is truly on par with brands I paid three times as much for, which really kind of makes me love these three times more. I'm not only going to buy them again, but actually buy the other travel stuff in my cart because they have things like beautiful pastel suitcases for 129 bucks and these wildly affordable compression packing cubes that I have been waiting forever to buy compression packing cubes and they're always so pricey and here the price fits. So if you want to get ready for work, your new gym, travel, anything in your life, go to Quince. Quince.com slash amusing will get you free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Ooh, that's nice for someone who puts stuff off like I do. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash amusing to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash amusing. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So we have something a little different this week, which you may have noticed from the title. Most episodes of Very Amusing will be like last week's reported joint, but every once in a while, we'll throw the whole concept out of the window, which we happen to be doing week two. (laughs) So this is Hidden Mickeys, our recurring series featuring an interview with a prominent person who you may not expect is a total theme park fan. This week, we have the unbelievable Paul Shear, who is a household name for anyone who both has internet and enjoys laughing. You may know him from really everything. His extensive comedy work with Human Giant, mega podcasts like How Did This Get Made and Unspooled, his unforgettable run as Andre on the League, and everything from guest spots on shows like The Good Place and Big Mouth to major roles on Fresh Off the Boat and Veep. You name it, he's probably been on it. His latest starring turn is on Black Monday, which, if you have not seen, is exceptional. The Emmy-nominated show co-stars Don Cheadle, Regina Hall, and Andrew Rannells, and recently dropped its second season, so it's a great time to catch up. Truly, what else do you have to do? You may have seen him on every screen you own, but what you do not know is that Paul also holds another prestigious position, this one far from Hollywood, as part of a strong family lineage with major DVC cred. 
Yes, his mom is supposedly swimming in points, having signed up for Disney Vacation Club when it first began, leading to a lifetime of Paul visiting Walt Disney World each and every year. He's a major Pleasure Island stan, which we'll get to. But Paul also has plenty anecdotes from his recent family vacation, from some Toy Story Land complications, to a really relatable and previously untapped level of anger about Navi River Journey. Now, I met Paul years and years and years ago when I worked in the music industry and was on-site reporting from Bonnaroo Music Festival. And having previously interviewed him about a film he was doing then, I love that theme parks have really brought this whole journey full circle. A quick word to the parents. This chat's a fun one, but there are a few swear words that have been completely beeped, so never fear. However, there is one story you may not want your children to hear. So when Paul starts talking about a flight back to Orlando and mentions Jimmy Kimmel, that's your cue to skip ahead about three minutes and you'll be fully in the clear. Now, with that out of the way, here's our hidden Mickey, Paul Shear. Hello, Paul! I am so excited to be here and talking Disney with you, who I feel like is the expert of all experts. I mean, oh, that... I, I feel not worthy to be here. I'm nervous. I, I want to do a good job. I want to I want to be at least on the level with you, but I, I feel like I'm going to fall you have, so far You have beneath. literally nothing to worry about. You are our first hidden Mickey. We will not be forcing <laughs> you to answer quiz questions like some other podcasts have. This okay. is just going to be a hangout cool time as though we were at Pleasure Island back in the day or at oh. Disney Springs right now, but we are not. We are in tiny rooms trying to record audio. I was thinking about you the other day because you sent me a Pleasure Island shirt because they are selling them at Disney Springs. And this is a something that I connect to so greatly as a Disney fan. It was a, a wonderful failed experiment. Um, I talked a lot about it on Podcast The Ride, but I now have that shirt. And in these times where I've been at my house uh, for, you know, days and days on end, wearing that shirt uh, brings me some sense of pleasure. And my kids ask me a lot of questions about the moon man and the uh, suit. So it really it's it's perfect. I love it. Wait, how, what's the extent of Pleasure Island knowledge that your children have? Just that there's a man who has the face of a moon. That's about it. Like, they see the shirt. They have questions. I'm not going to get into the fact that there's a club called Mannequins. I'm not going to I'm not gonna get into the amazing video game uh, place that was, like, four levels high that had Robin Williams in the elevator as uh, the genie from Aladdin. I'm not going to get into all those details yet. They don't deserve them. <laughs> no nighttime stories about rotating dance floors until a few years into the future. <laughs> uh, was it uh, women running around with, like, syringes full of, like, jello shots oh or something God. like that? I was born at the wrong time. I tell you, I'm so bummed I never got to experience this as an alcohol consuming adult. You know, yeah, I I didn't ever get to drink alcohol there. Uh, I did get to see the Cirque du Soleil show. I, you know, I wandered. And I think one of the cool things about it was when you were that young that you could walk around essentially New Orleans, but you could go into places like it, it, it gave you all those feelings of like, I'm out at a bar and it's late night, but you didn't have to be 21. You didn't even have to be 18, I don't think. That's kind of why I always credit my late term obsession with Disney is that there's nothing else to do. Like you're either drinking alcohol or going to get a latte or there's nothing. And yeah. I feel like that's such a good example of what that is and what Disney brings to the table. It So true. So true. Because truly, like what else? There's no... Go to a park, please. <laughs> 
Um, I won't make you go too deep into Pleasure Island because, again, anybody listening to this should go to Podcast the Ride for that. I believe two-hour episode that was all joy. Yeah, it's all worth. It listening was to. a lot, a lot of Pleasure Island. Getting into the nitty-gritty details of it, more than happy to talk about it. But I feel like. I have so much more to offer. Uh, so much more. There's a full, wonderful resource over with those guys, and I don't want to infringe upon that. <laughs> if you're interested in roller skating and presidential appearances, I highly recommend it. Also, the, the the lore. I mean, I didn't realize that Pleasure Island had so much lore. I mean, it really was built in as a full... I mean, what I love about it, too, is it really had the Disney, like, Imagineer touch of this person landed here, and this fireworks factory created this thing. Like, there... Nothing was put there willy-nilly, even though it seemed to be the most, you know, jumbled together mess, like uh, a literal, like, club buffet in the middle of uh, Kissimmee, uh, right there. Or Lake Buena Vista, sorry. Lake Buena Vista. Ooh, ooh, Lake Buena Vista. Uh, it's so true, especially because now with my line of work, I hear these backstories when you're like, so that's how Amori Moto Asia ended up in Disney Springs? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, trying to, like, I've had to fact check bottling companies for a false background of how Disney Springs used to be where wa- I believe water first came to the community. Wow. Uh, this yeah, it's is, still out there. It's still out I there. I love it all. Um, and I want to thank you personally because you also gave me some great um, Disney food recommendations. When I was going, I, w- I did a, my first big family Disney trip. Now, I've uh, for those of you who don't know, I come from a uh, uh, heavily Disney like vacation background. Like when my parents from about four or five years old to about 21, 22, I went to Disney World, Florida every single year, every single year it, for a minimum of seven to seven to 12 days. Um, and so I really, you know, I've been there a lot with my family but I'm an only child. And then I got to bring my family there for the first time. We are in California, so we go to Disneyland a lot. But I really wanted to make the experience great. And you gave me some amazing recommendations, food recommendations. They're all perfect. And then I quickly realized that my five-year-old and my three-year-old, the, the most exciting thing for them was the pool, the pool at the hotel. And that was it. It was such a bummer. It was such it was such a letdown. I was like, we're going to do this and that and this. And it was like, pool, pool, pool. I okay. I think the people need to know that I truly sent you a psychopath's email that was like color coded. Like if you got this, you would have blocked me and canceled your trip because I was like, you need to go here and do these specific things, forgetting I, that you're a parent and there's. Children. I literally kept it on my phone and referenced it at least four to five times a day. Literally, I was all <laughs> about it because I want to. You know, I am a person who likes to uh, seek out. I feel like, again, I've seen a lot of Disney World. It's changed in the time that I've been there. But I want to make sure that I'm trying things and doing things. Um, That was one of the craziest vacations because I literally left on like a Wednesday morning, came back to L.A. to do a panel for Black Monday, then got on the last flight of the day out to get back there for the next morning. Like I I made a round trip to L.A. because... what? There was a like a Black Monday Emmy panel that I couldn't miss, and it was right in the middle of our trip. So I, I basically did, I mean, less than a twenty-four hour turnaround. Just got on a plane, got there, came right back, and didn't miss a beat. Like literally, met my parents or let my met my mom and my my wife and kids at Epcot. Got a beer with foam on the top, and got my day going. Uh, uh- <laughs> 
Uh, or I should did say not... ice beer is an ice beer. Yes. Uh, I did not know this. What, did you have to go back to L.A.? Yeah, I went back to L.A. So I basically got on a flight out of Orlando oh, on like crap. Wednesday morning, landed in L.A. at like four o'clock. My panel was at seven, did the panel, drove right back to LAX, got on a flight and landed the next morning at like four or five in the morning. Uh, I did an overnight. <laughs> an overnight to Orlando is from L.A. is a rough flight. Um, I told this story on Jimmy Kimmel and I will just do the abbreviated version of it. But I was doing an overnight to Orlando about a year and a half ago and two people next to me on the flight had sex and they were strangers so they met they connected and then they really connected and they thought i was asleep and this is what this is where i have to look at myself they thought i was asleep so i gave them like the freedom to do this but then i was so frozen in being like i was like i don't want to wake up and then make it awkward that i just stayed trying to stay asleep uh, yeah it was a very odd it was a very odd moment Okay, this is not like a sock on a door dorm room situation. This is no. much, much worse. Yes, it's a, it's a, a, you know, it's a late night JetBlue flight. Two people met each other on the flight. He was flirting with her in a way that was so not aggressive, but just like cheesy, like but aggressively cheesy is what I what I was gonna say. Wait, like, was he middle so, or was he window? And were you? I'm assuming you're aisle. He, I was aisle. He was window, and then um, the person he started flirting with was uh middle and so he was just being cheeseballed out and i was like oh my god this is not gonna end well and then i did fall asleep and then i woke up and then they were like looking at pictures on each other's phones and laughing and i fell back asleep and i woke up again and then they were making out and and letting their fingers do the talking i mean i don't you know i don't want to I don't want to, you know, this is potentially a family podcast. I don't want to get too graphic, but it was a, a pretty intense situation. So, yeah, midnight flights uh, or overnight flights to Orlando. There was a, a real vibe. And then they both left and went their separate ways. I watched them get off the plane. And I was like, OK. Wait, and this right, was the was flight it. when you were this, on your trip. This is a different oh, flight. Different this flight. Is, I was going down there. Uh, this is a flight where I was able I was doing some family stuff, but not park related stuff. So I had to just go through Orlando. Although I did finish my family stuff and I was able to stop at uh, Hogwarts on the way back. Well, that oh, was I love actually, it. That was my favorite thing because I had not been able to get there. And I'm also like, I'm not a, uh, I, I, I have no shade to throw at Universal Florida. I, I think it's also one of the greatest parks. So I was very excited to get there. And that felt like the right amount of time. Like I had a full day there to kind of do my stuff. I just love that you've spent your whole life at Disney World and now as an adult, you have to earn it. You have to like deal with strangers screwing next to you. You have to like balance. You have to fly back for a panel. Oh, just but let now, you live your best Disney life. But you know what? I I live in LA and the ability to get to Disney on the reg is such a great thing. Um, especially before I had kids. I would just go down for like a couple of hours and it was fun. And, and now that I do have kids, I'll do the same thing with them. Like I'll pick them up from school. And if I don't have anything to do, we could just go. And because we have those yearly passes, there's a, like, who cares? We were there for two hours. Who cares? You know, it like it doesn't there's no um, there's no uh, pressure to the day. Like we don't have to do anything like my kids love, love that place in um in uh, Disney California, which is like the Redwood Forest tree jungle <laughs> yes. gym place. The challenge like, I would trails. Yeah, challenge trails. I would never have gone there ever. And now I'm spending minimum 
of an hour and a half just watching them run around. And I'm thrilled for them. They're having the best time. I'm like, great, it's fine, good, Claw, climb, crawl, whatever. And But I feel no pressure. Like, we got to do other stuff because we'll, we can come back. So that's actually been really lovely. See, the opposite of that is my situation where mm. I also, like, grew up as a Disney World kid. So now yeah. I go to Disneyland and I'm like, where's the rest of it? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. hit me the same way. I mean, look, Disneyland brings to me this, I think, purity. Uh, when I look at Disneyland, it feels like, oh, this is what opened, you know, in the, in the, you know, when Walt opened the park. Like, it just, there's something charming about it. There's something small about it. The fact that they still have their magic shop, all those things. And Disney World is just this massive experience. I mean, it's so just mind boggling, you know, and. And what I love about that is that you have like you can't just like pop into that. You can't even you can't pop in because you have to get on a separate highway to get even onto the premises, you know. So um, now I, I think I appreciate it more. They're very different experiences, um, but I just feel like yeah, I don't get a chance to really get get my Florida like Orlando time in. Like uh, I do, and I've talked to my adult friends about when they open up that Star Wars hotel, really doing an adult trip. And just being able to shed my wife and kids and go there because my wife will never put up with a Star Wars hotel. <laughs> and I'm all for whatever role playing they're going to have as part of that. I mean, we do need to discuss that they kind of made you this Carson Daly TRL host character when they opened Galaxy's Edge in California. Yeah, that was an odd thing. So um, I was on the StarWars.com talk show, right? Uh Anthony Carboni uh, hosts that fun show. And when I was there, I'm such a Star Wars fan and Disney fan. I was like, you need to make me your your official like uh, Galaxy's Edge correspondent. You know, and I was like, seriously, like, would you do it? I was like, uh, yeah, I would do it. And I got the call that like, come do it. I had to sign a zillion NDAs. <laughs> um, you know, I had to watch. Wait, we're, not, we're not blowing those open now, right? You're no, good. well, yeah, now they're fine. Uh, now okay. I could, yeah, everything has been seen. But like, I had to sign, I had to watch all these videos about like, you know, how important creative properties are and how you can't, you know, like they had all these analogies, like you would never leave a dog in the car, right? Well, <laughs> great, you know, having a great idea is like a dog and we don't want to leave it out in the open where anyone, you know, I was like, oh boy. So I, uh, but I got to go to Galaxy's Edge and it was such an amazing experience because no one else, no one else was in there. And they were fine-tuning the park. So I remember talking to this one guy who was sitting with a small table, like a TV tray table, and a laptop. And he was programming the sounds. So when you walk through that section, you would hear the right you know, bird and the right uh, starship overhead. And it was, and they were just kind of consistently you know, tweaking it, adding a little bit. And it was like, so I got to see that. And I, I just, I love the behind the scenes of Disney so, so much. So to be there... And see it, uh, and especially that place before it opened, and, and I got to ride the um, Smuggler's Run ride like eight times in a row, which was amazing. <laughs> and the only way that I think that it should be ridden, because you get the hang of it, and then you get better and better at it. Yeah. And were you in pilot for all of them, or were, did you have so much? No, I that... I felt guilty taking pilot, uh, so I did pilot once. I switched, and then I was gunner, but never. Never am I engineer in the back throwing that grappling hook. The worst 
the worst the position of the, the whole worst. thing. You know it's bad because the chair's different. You're like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> no, come on now. I do think that I appreciate all the work that they put into that ride. And I'm not poo-pooing anything about Galaxy's Edge. But I think they should have opened it with the amount of like special rides that they do like um star tours like we should have had like about three like we could be running three versions of it because that doesn't seem like the hard part the software like just like that's the video game part you could you could switch it up a little bit i think it could be switched up just a little yeah bit. i uh it it can be but i, I suppose i know it's reason, supposed it's, to be yeah but yeah like let's Let's uh, let's open wide. Let's go. Let's get three. Let's yeah. get three in there. I think my main uh, I mean, I've written about this extensively, but my main thing is just that you're like you're on the rails. Like it doesn't seem like yes. you're in control of your fate at all. And because it was the whole story was that the way you perform on that ride will affect you throughout the land. Like you'll go to well, Oga's this has been a great and disappointment be like, for me. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure you as someone who's gunning for the hotel is like, where was this experience that I've been dying for where someone's going to just pull me aside and be like, Hey buddy, you fly. Yeah. Well. No. And it, like and that really like, and I, and I'm all for the data pad and I appreciate the data pad. And, uh, I love the data pad and, and that is connecting to, uh, rise of the resistance that ride. Like, uh, and by the way, that ride, that I will say is makes up for every issue that I have with Galaxy's Edge simply because it, I think it is the best theme park experience I've ever had. Like from tips to tails, like it just I think it just shows off like what Disney does and in, in, in every way. It just combines everything that you love. I, I that is just a beautifully imagined ride. Uh, where does it fall for you? Is that high up on your list? or what It is, but I, I realize that I really, really like the attraction, and I think it's mm. incredible, but I prefer to move through space quickly. It's just like okay. a personal preference. So something, even if it's not as technologically advanced, like a Space Mountain, which is my favorite ride, is right. kind of always just going to win out. Wow. See, so Space Mountain, I love. But as far as like a Disney person, to me, that is... And this is, I'm not slagging on Space Mountain because I'm going there. I love it. It's, I am a fan. But it is the, the most like, um, county fair of all the rides. There's, re- there's really no theming. It's just a roller coaster. And, uh, depending on what time of year you go, the music's slightly different, but it's just a roller coaster in the dark. It's not bad, but it is, I would argue, the most aggressively anti Disney ride in the park. Oh, you're not going to enjoy when I tell you my favorite is actually the one at Disney World where there is no music. Wait, wait there's no music in the one at Disney World? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, now, I know a lot of people really like when the lights go on, and I've ridden it with the lights oh, on, Oh, and too. that makes uh, me so literally gag reflex nauseous. I can't think about it. <laughs> it's like, see, like when you think about someone's insides being on the outside, can't. So here's what I'll say about Space Mountain. In Ticket Out of Disney World, it's a great ride. One of the best. Put it in Disney World, it just has to compete with so many more themed attractions. I, I'm a big themed attraction person. Like, I, before this, and I'll, I'll go outside of Disney World to say, like, one of the rides that really blew me away was um, Spider-Man, the ride at Universal Islands of Adventure. And then uh, even what they did at Transformers, the ride in Universal in, uh, I guess, in L.A. and Florida. I'm like, whoa, this is like an amazing combination of all the things that I love. It, you know, it's got the moving car, but it it puts on the glasses. It just kind of 
it does everything that I want instead of just me in front of a screen and no offense to like the Minions ride or any of those things. <laughs> oh, no, like... you can rip the Minions ride. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I love that you also are part of a moving car. That's those are my favorite attractions, like Pirates and Haunted Mansion. Yeah, you know, I like that idea that we are moving through scenery. And I think that like to be able to combine both of those things, like a thrill ride and moving through scenery, I'm all I'm all for it. You do know that those two rides were spearheaded by the same Imagineer, right? I do. Oh, yeah. of course. Because yes. you're yeah, clearly yeah. like a Trowbridge stan. Not that I'm I not. But it's like, it's so it's so funny that his ride perspective is exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, it really, like, as I've come to, you know, do the due diligence and figure out who's behind what. Yeah, that's, that's, I like living in a world. I like living in a world. And, uh, and there we go. And, and Trowbridge... Also now behind the new Princess and the Frog re-theme. Yes. Uh, Ish, I, right? Yes, Ish? Yes. I, be- I believe that his new position is that he oversees everything a bit. So he has a hand in all of the many projects. But um, I don't believe it's as dedicated as like Rise being his baby. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah. It's still no, very exciting. Oh, Rise. I mean, yeah, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very pumped for anything new. Uh, I think, you know, it's interesting having kids and that's brought like such a different perspective to Walt Disney world to me because there's a certain like love that I have. And I always talk about the magic shop. The magic shop meant so much to me as a kid. And when in Florida, they just changed it into like a t-shirt shop. I was so crushed. So like, Oh, what, how could they have taken away this thing? Because I think all those like little flares, those little things that, that felt unique uh, were pulled away for like something more commercial. So that's again, why I like Disneyland. I feel like they keep a lot of those elements, but they are constantly refreshing it for a new audience. And I think that that's so important for the parks to live on because my kids, what they want to respond to and what they connect to, I like to see them. I don't know. I just like to see them be as excited as I was like, you know, like the things I was excited about in 1980 are not going to be the same things that they're going to be excited about. And they should be like, it should like, you know, there should be an inside out ride. Yes. And there should, you know, that's what they're watching the toy story world, like all that sort of stuff they are responding to. And I, I, I feel, a, a, I appreciate it more where I think maybe before I might've rebelled against it. Like what California screaming or whatever it was, rock and roll roller coaster. I, I get them all confused because it was all it was so screaming. generically named. Screaming. Yeah, screaming. Yeah. Um, like I'm like, yes, just make that an Incredibles ride. It's the same ride. Like, what are we? What are we freaked out about? Like, you just you just change it a little bit, and it, I think actually made it so much better. I appreciate that you know and grow your hurt from nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> I I am a big believer in like, look, we have to give it up so it lives. It's the only way it's going to live is if the people below us love it as much as we do. And the only way they're going to love it as much as we do is if we sadly take down the back to the futures and replace it with the Simpsons. I mean, we have to like, I don't want that. I don't want that, but I understand. I respect it. We have to get rid of, of, uh, you know, we're talking about it right now in our, in our country. Like let's take down the past and, (laughs) and and embrace the future people. We have to break it down. Dismantle all statues and the interior of spaceship earth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, got you got to do it. By the way, it will be better. It will be better. I will miss it. I will miss the things about it. But, you know, at a certain point, you can't go home. It's like, do I want to live in my house that I grew up in my whole entire life? Or do I want to move to a cool new apartment and have new friends? I want to do the second one. I agree. I, pre- I have memories of my house for a reason. They'll stay in my <laughs> head. 
Oh my God. I, I I hope you can convince some of the people listening, considering um a lot of people don't agree. I know. And, you know, and I, I think, but, you know, I think it also is, um, well that, you know, like, like the Twilight Zone ride is a perfect example of a ride that I loved. Right. But it doesn't, I mean, oh, I love that ride so much. If you're looking about ride mechanics, you're not losing the ride. But you're looking at like the, the galaxy, the Guardians of the Galaxy ride is such a fun, like it, it's a, it's a, what do they call it? A plus up uh, or pluser or whatever they, oh, like, they, they, they plussed it. Yeah. yeah, they plussed it. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I know, I know people are connected to the past, but it doesn't go away. You still yeah. wrote it. You were I one of the lucky agree. ones. And there are plenty of videos to show you what it was exactly like. So 4K videos. Yeah. Too. And there's still a Twilight Zone Tower of Terror in Florida currently. So. I know, which I was so happy to ride on. Yeah. And it it is, in my opinion, superior in Florida. So mm-hmm. yes. I, yeah. Oh, it's so much better in Florida because the car, again, moves. Yes. You're not just. Yeah, and, oh, I love that ride. I love that ride. So good. It's great. The entire situation is fantastic. And I think that for the first time when they opened Guardians of the Galaxy at California Adventure, people recognized that their initial reaction did not match with how they felt getting off the ride. It's like the first thing we can cling to is evidence that maybe our feelings aren't the best guide. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's only so much room in the park, right? You have to. Carousel of Progress. We got to go. We got to get it out of here. I mean, and, and I'm a big believer that Autotopia needs to be on the chopping block. It takes up so much space. You can create, make it cars. Like, or, or, or I guess I already have a great cars ride. But like, do something else. But you can still have that idea of like driving a car. But that, that seems to me like such a remnant and such a large plot of land where it's like you could be doing something so much more interesting here. And if you want to keep it kid-friendly, keep it kid-friendly. But just let's let's get that out. I completely agree. Uh, to me, it seems like a ride that was built before all of the traffic you incur getting to Disneyland. Because <laughs> the last thing I want to do after I pull into that garage and finally get out is to go sit in a fake car. Well, look, you, I think you may have slammed it. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this sounds correct. And <laughs> uh, the Toy Story Land in, in uh, Orlando, where it's like they have a kind of a bumper car kind of, is it like a... Oh, yeah. Alien yes. swirling saucers. Yes. Alien swirling saucers. Like, and I, I register your complaint with it. I, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to challenge you on that, but like that ride to me is more fun than autotopia, like in the, the autotopia. Cause I'm like, what can I do? I have to drive respectfully around a path. I can't gun it. I can't hit people. The, the <laughs> sights aren't that great. And it, it's so old school. It's just such an old school, like, I, I don't know. Like it, it really is like. It's like giving it's like um, giving a kid an Xbox and then giving him a Jack in the Box. Like I appreciate the artistry of the Jack in the Box. It's cool, but like I got this Xbox over here, right? Like I mean, I'd rather do the Xbox. Like <laughs> I completely agree, and I also am wondering how much of your uh, storied past with Fast and the Furious has fed into this opinion. <laughs> I mean, look, uh, you know, I will say I want, I do want to go more fast, and I want to be more furious on that ride. One hundred percent. You're furious about it. I completely understand. <laughs> Uh, have your kids been on Rise of the Resistance? No, no. Too, too um, uh, they might be too short. I that was the day that I kind of escaped uh, from the family and went. Uh, my son and I have ridden. Oh, my older son and I have ridden uh, Smuggler's uh, Smuggler's Run, and that was great. Um, 
But, you know, again, I was kind of helping him steer. I was kind of, it was in the gunner position and reaching forward, controlling his stuff because he's, he's five and now he's six. Um, it's funny. My youngest, who is turning four in about a month, he is scared of rides. Scared of rides, oh. like scared of it's a small world freaking out and then like loved it so he doesn't like the lack of control like the minute like you he has to give into something else um he really regrets it and then my other son loves thrill rides but doesn't understand like how he'll feel on them so she really wanted to go on splash mountain and and i was like it's it's gonna be pretty scary and he's like you know just begging me begging me begging me and i was like okay you are technically tall enough to do this. He's a tall kid. And I was like, I guess we're going to do, we're going to do this. Let's do this. And we got on and I saw that he was, this is, by the way, I'm going to pat myself on the back here, but only because it means so much to me. Uh, You'll hear it. Why? So we go on the ride and within minutes, not minutes, within seconds, it is a, it's a bad idea. He did not realize what he was in store for. And He's just reacting to the first little drops, like the balloon, balloon. Oh, the, and I call I them like, the foreplay oh, drops because you're like, yes. no, no, no. <laughs> and I'm like, and he's like, I want to get off. I'm like, that is impossible. Uh, <laughs> but now, luckily, uh, some wonderful people on that ride let me um, let me sit in the back with him. Like, so we had like he could sit next to me, not like in front of me. Yeah. And I. And I just coached him through the whole ride. He buried his head in my arm. I kind of held him as tight as I could. We went down and he got off and he was happy. He was so happy. He had a great time. He didn't see much of it, but he was pretty much like attached to me. And this is, this is the moment that I'm going to pat myself on the back. And that parent turned to me and complimented my parents' skills because because uh, she said I took such good care of him because he was freaking out. And I was like, ah, oh, I feel good. I feel good as a parent in this moment that I didn't scar my kid but how did i scar my kid i did scar him because the next time we went back (laughs) he wanted to go on it again and my wife was like i'll go on it with him and i'm like june (laughs) you gotta i was like i I was trying to explain to her i was like it's tricky right because it's scary and you really got to protect him you really got to sit in the back and i explained everything to her and she's like i got it i got it i got it and then she went on it with him but then forgot that she's deathly afraid of that ride. <laughs> so she was freaking out. He was freaking out. And they both came back like they had experienced the, the most uh, <laughs> terrible case of PTSD. They looked like they were shaken. They were shook <laughs> when they got out that ride. And and now he is deathly afraid of it. So, uh, I mean, you can only do your part. Like, You know, I tried. I tried. Uh, and, you know, when we went on Space Mountain together, another ride, he begged me to go on. You know, he looked at me and uh, goes, smart kid, smart kid. Yeah. He was like, all right, dad, I never want to do that ever again. And I was like, you got it. <laughs> but he loves it. He's like, I love it. I never want to do it ever again. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover 
I do want to discuss some of your Disney World trip because we never got to talk about the things you did. I think the only takeaway that you told me afterwards was that you loved Flight of Passage the most of everything. Yes. Flight of Passage. I mean, and that may go as my number uh, number two ride, uh, like at in the whole Disney World thing, because I think I've been to Disney so many times where I am lacking that sense of like complete awe like I had when I was a kid. Like I love Guardians and I have nothing negative to say about it. Super fun, really exciting, but didn't blow me away. Like it wasn't like, oh my God, how did they? It was more like, oh, that's really cool and that's awesome. I love the way that they theme this. Flight of Passage <laughs> was one of those mind-breaking rides where I'm like, it's breathing between my legs. I went by myself to um, to uh, Pandora uh, in Animal Kingdom and uh, I took all the buses. I got all over there and um, it is always odd it's whatever I I will sometimes get recognized at the parks and it's especially odd when I'm by myself and get recognized. Oh, big time. I can assume, especially in Florida because you don't live there. Yeah. So I, I, that was a, that was a, that was a rough one where I was completely by myself. Um, and, uh, and so I'm waiting on these lines and doing everything. Um, I, I, and I went on that ride and I couldn't have stopped talking about my wife and I were going to go out to dinner that night. Uh, to a nice place and she's like you go you ride the ride and then because i was like talking about how amazing it was like she now is so angry that she didn't do that ride she's like why why wouldn't you take me on i was like you didn't say you didn't want to go uh but for as much as i love that ride i hate the 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 navi river journey which is an insult an insult like to me, that is James Cameron's hubris of saying like, no, 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 people want this. No <laughs> one wants that. No, it's like, put me on It's a Small World 10 times in a row. I don't want, I want that over there. There's nothing charming about it. There's nothing fun about it. There's no story about it. It's just like, it. there should just, there should be a place where you could eat a sandwich. That's, that's <laughs> like what that is. It's like, it is. It's calming, it's relaxing, it's meditative, but for that kind of a long wait, no thank you. No thank you. <laughs> oh um, my God. It's, uh, I think the public agrees with you. Yeah. I mean, how, and how can Disney be so off base? You're building one of the most exciting rides of all time, and then you're like, oh yeah, and then we'll put in this uh, this boat ride. Well, what happens in it? Nothing. Is there a fall? Nope. Is there any? Oh, wait, at one point you come across like, the songstress and she's singing. I'm like, I'm sorry. But like that, that to me, how did that even get past like the initial pitch? Like, how did that idea stay on the board? I remember like when I was reading about like Warner brothers cartoons that all pitch ideas and the whole rule was like, you never shoot down in somebody else's idea. You just kind of pitch other ideas, knowing that the best ideas rise to the top. When that idea of the, uh, the Navi river journey came out, like how did that stay on the board? How did that stay on the board for any length of time? So from what I understand, it, it is partially influenced by budget cuts because okay, uh, sure, there were because you they funneled all the money into the big ride and the mountains were a whole thing, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But I completely that do, I mean, that's not something you like present a guest with a card of before they get on the boat. So I yeah. understand. Uh, but also yeah. like from the other side of it, this the shaman of songs, as they call the audio animatronic Oof. in the ride at the end of the ride. That's just like you wait and you're like, what's happening? Where's everyone going? Yeah. And then she's there. It's their most advanced audio animatronic. 
So cool. yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like like whoa, she moves all her fingers real cool, but also uh, isn't standing. And their whole impressive thing is their height. <laughs> I it, that is a it's so it's such a misstep, and and I guess they learn from that with um, Galaxy's Edge in the sense that regardless of what you think of Smuggler's Run, it at least is a functioning fun ride that's using different technology and i was kind of impressed by it you know it's not my favorite ride but it's like it's very cool and the experience of being in that world is very cool yeah uh uh and and that's kind of one of a kind um and hondo is amazing um but at least they waited on rise like we got we're gonna give you two equally solid you know like it would be like like if you just took like a land speeder tour around Tatooine and all you're doing is, is like driving by mountains maybe occasionally you hear like a Tuscan Raider in the background like mm. like you know it's like there's nothing it would be so I hate it but but the trip the family trip to Orlando was really really fun I didn't get to do the rides that I really wanted to do because I was with my kids and they wanted to do the pool more than anything else and so I was funny. trying to drag my yeah I was trying to drag, drag my wife out to the parks at late at night and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't the thing that I loved about Orlando that I thought was such a fun thing was the after hours tickets. I bought a couple of those. I don't know if you gave me this recommendation or if I found it, you probably gave it to me because you've given me all my best recommendations. Like there's some sort of like uh, a fireworks thing where you have like a, a, a dessert sun. You go, go get Sundays and you can go like watch the fireworks. <laughs> yeah. like in a uh, special spot. A dessert party is yeah. The dessert yeah. party and the fireworks was one of the best experiences of our time. Cause we were able to, eat crazy desserts, get fun light up things. And then we all sat on like this nice patch of grass and watched fireworks. And it was, the kids loved it. The stampede to leave was the most frightening thing I've ever been involved in. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then, um, and then, you know, and then we did like a couple of like the after hours uh, parties. Although I found the after hour parties to be so much more crowded than the Disneyland ones. Like the, the Halloween like nights when they do that, they're so much fun because they're not really, um, they're not super packed. And I found the Disney, the Disney world ones to be, Oh, I'm still waiting 40 minutes for space mountain. Like that's cool. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's problematic. And also, um, something that guests who don't go that much don't know is that when they, I believe that cause you went in the summer. So I think we were talking about like yes. one of the after hours, but when they do in August, usually they start the Halloween parties and the park closes oh, wow. at like six or seven. Instead oh, of, so you have to. Oh, boy. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a big red flag for people planning a trip. But yeah. I'm so glad you had a nice time. I'm so glad your kids enjoyed the water. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, the water was great. I brought, We went to a few. But, like, but again, we've got to go to some of the water parks, which I would never necessarily you went to, Oh, I didn't know you went. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Both? Yeah, did, did you do a Typhoon stuff. Lagoon? Did you do we a Blizzard did, Beach? We did Blizzard Beach uh, as where we really spent a lot of our time. We got a little cabana, which... Uh, was actually the way to do it. Like we had a place to get our stuff. The kids had so much fun. And I like, again, it's something that I went to when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I'd go to Typhoon Lagoon. I love Typhoon Lagoon. I believe Typhoon Lagoon was closed, uh, but Blizzard beach was open. Um, and we had so much fun there. So I got to do all that other stuff. Like we got to, we got to explore places I wouldn't normally explore. And, uh, and, and so that's what I felt like that trip was kind of more about for me. It sounded great. I'm glad it went well. I'm glad I didn't lead you astray. 
No, never. I mean, the the best the best thing, and I think I was most impressed with was uh, Toy Story Land. I love that, and oh, I did I didn't that know early that. morning. Oh, I loved it because it was like that was like you got the early morning pass, so you know I dragged these kids in. Now, by the way, <laughs> there's one downside of this whole trip. I, it's a it's a, it's a sad old man part of this trip. But um, last year, when my uh, when I went on this trip, my three-year-old who had just turned three or maybe just was about to turn three was potty training and i was and he's big he's a big he's not like fat but he's stocky um and i was doing a lot of squatting in very tight toilet spaces lifting him sitting across from him you know part of a parent really is getting as close to a bathroom floor as you can possibly get i mean that's i've spent more time at that, I, I have no, I'm like, ah, I've been there. I've done it all. And so, especially at potty training, like I am squatting and in front, yeah, I'm just there. <laughs> and I was picking up my kid and unbeknownst to me, I didn't know exactly what happened, but I like pulled in a very severe way, a glute muscle. I basically <laughs> pulled a muscle from being honestly like not in shape. Um, and it caused me to have a limp for 12 weeks, like three months what? of a limp. It was insane. So at the height of this limp that I had, and I was trying to keep it all together for everything. During this, I also am a big uh, Clippers fan of basketball team. Uh, and I got to shoot the hot dog gun at a, at, a, at a playoffs game. I had a limp there and I was trying to pull it all together. My limp was so bad. I couldn't figure it. No one could kind of figure out what it was. Like, oh, is it your back? Is it this? And I finally, after going to doctors and doctors someone's like oh you just your glute muscles are so weak you you overstrained a glute muscle and that's what's going on and i did like physical therapy and within like three weeks back to normal uh and now i've been in shape since then lost a lot of weight feel very good about myself uh and um but going through the parks with that kind of a limp that was like popping like 800 milligrams of like ibuprofen just to like just to get the pain to be manageable. Um, and so like racing through like Toy Story Land, just, I, I just oh, always remember that trip as being in immense pain and just like having like fanny packs. By the way, I wear a fanny pack. I wear it across. I, I wear it across. I'm not I, like a bandolier like Chewbacca. And it's been, it was one of the best things that I did in, in Florida because I had all my stuff in there and I was able to get to everything. And just like popping Advil throughout the day just to get through these days. And it was just so much pushing of strollers. And both of my kids who like I, I maybe I'm now really letting you know how big they are. They are they're both about in like the late 40s, early 50s on the pound side. And we have a double stroller that we brought with us. That is size appropriate to Disneyland uh, and Disney World. Um, and they both get in it. So here I am with this glute problem. <laughs> pushing a hundred pounds plus the stroller all around this park it was in it was summer too it was in, in summer at summer. peak season oh it was painful 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 uh but uh but there are some highlights and the and the and the slinky dog ride was great i loved it i loved it all it, it was it was kind of it was so fun for my kids to meet those characters and I'm watching them meet those characters too like to meet uh, Buzz and Woody, like, whoa, that was, they were so impressed. I got to ask, how was it going to Disney Springs considering your long lore of downtown Disney? Well, I was prepared for it. 
Uh, I will tell you that much. Uh, when I went to go do this family thing in Florida, uh, I had to go down there a, f- a handful of times, and I was always flying through Orlando. And um, and I would, and because it was sort of like dealing with, like I had to help uh, clean out a house and sell a house. It was a kind of emotionally draining and and physically draining work that I was doing. So I'd always make sure that on the way back, I could spend a little bit of time park adjacent. And I got to experience Disney Springs before I brought the family there because I needed to see it. And I have to say, I love it. I, uh, I mean, it's a mall. I know it's a mall, but I love the Indiana Jones bar with the, you know, Jacques, um, you know, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Um, you know, I, will I take the, you know, did I take the kids on a boat ride where we got in a, like a convertible car? <gasps> sure. Absolutely. You did we'll it? do it all. Oh yeah, come on. The Amphicar? I'm too cheap yeah. to. I've, I'm like, oh. I should for my job, but also like me alone in a boat with a stranger feels a little strange because I have no I, family. Well, I hear that. I I did it with the kids and it was Mother's Day. So I got to, <laughs> so I treated, my, my mom was with us. My wife had gone back to LA. My wife also went back to LA on that trip too. Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so we, so that's how I justified it. Uh, okay. I've I've done a lot. Like, have you? Like, I've never done a Disney cruise, and that's like something that everyone keeps on kind of oh, selling you, me on. I, so I don't know how much your wife is into the Disney brand in general, but I know that you have mentioned that your critique of Olani is that it wasn't Disney enough. And buddy, yeah. this will solve that. All right. Well, you see that it, that's good because um, yeah, Alani kind of fell in this weird zone of just being like the uh, Disney All Star Hotel. It's like. <laughs> Uh, all right sure it's disney all right yeah all right cool um just didn't have enough um yeah my wife has kind of gone all in like she won't talk about it but when we're there she's buying the ears and she'll embrace the thing not i don't know if she's like that much of a ride person i mean i would go out all night long like and when i went down there my mom owns a timeshare there and this is a little sad but she um my mom owns a timeshare there and her husband recently passed away and they uh, or about three years ago and they always would go down there for their anniversary. So one time I, the first year that he had passed away, I went with my mom. Oh, <laughs> we went together on their anniversary. It was, it was really uh, quite fun. Uh, and we had a great time together. Um, but my mom also like goes to bed like at eight o'clock at night, you know, my mom's right. like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I, I like I will stay out until all hours. It's like riding rides and having like I love that part of like I love being like on premises and on property to walk around and, and see all that sort of stuff. I won't get to do it with my wife that much, but she will enjoy it with the kids. So I feel like that's that's the middle ground. So then I get to go with other people who are as nerdy about Disney as I am. I really can enjoy I can really enjoy that. Like, you know, whether it's like going to Club 33 with a bunch of adults, like I, I like the adult version of Disney. And I feel like right now I get a lot of the kid version of Disney. Yes, that's why I'm wondering, because the cruise is ideal because it has the same sort of setup where your kids are in an activity club all day so you guys can hang out. But then, you know, you guys are hanging out on a ship that's playing Cards 2 on Funnel Vision all day long. So it's like you have to balance how But there are adult things to do. I will say, though, I'll tell you, I feel very guilty. And this is no dig on any parent at all. I don't want to. I'm not I'm not parent shaming one bit. But I feel incredibly guilty to leave my kids in those kids clubs during the day because I'm like, I'm on vacation and like this is the time I'm supposed to spend with my kids. So like June and I really freak out about it. So like like the, when we went to Alani, like we put my son in a class, like a class, 
like it was basically like a Moana class, uh, you know, where they're running around with coconuts. But it's like, and then we like miss them. But then all we want to do is like, can we just go get a massage? Can we go do something? Like we want to just have like a little bit of adult time. But then immediately, like, I can't, I don't know how to wrestle with that guilt. I can't figure it out yet. Like, uh, like, cause like, I don't think that they don't mind it, but then we mind it. We're like, why aren't we here? So what we wind up doing a lot of the times is renting a Disney cabana, which is a hilarious experience uh, anyway. And then just sitting at the edge of the pool and just being like, well, we're here. And my kids are good enough that they won't drown right now or knock wood. They are, they stay close enough that we, they're on like a foot of water. I think you would love Disney Cruise Line. I mean, it's inevitable at this point for you. I think you have to check it off the list. Yeah, I know. I feel like I do. My mom, my mom has gone multiple times and I, I feel like it's in the cards. I feel like it's in the cards. Your mom's I'm like an little... OG vacation club. I, I feel like you've mentioned oh, that there's just like a stockpile w- of points somewhere. Um, my mom literally was the f- in the first batch of people to get it because what they oh. were offering, my mom, um, when she first signed up, was a lifetime Disney pass. So she would never have to go- buy another ticket to Disney. And she held out. And then six months later, they took that pass away. But whenever I tell my people, like, all the points that my mom has, they're like, wait, what? Like, my mom has points, and they're the ones that don't, like, my dad has points. My parents are divorced. My dad has points, and at seven, I think after, like, 75 years, they disappear. My mom has in perpetuity. Oh, my uh, God. So they're just there forever. And I have, and I recently, um, because her husband died, I said to her, I was like, you know, we should just transfer those points or keep those points. Like we can both be arbiters of them and to transfer points with Disney. You want to talk about a racket, like, <laughs> like, like I, I love Disney, but I know that they're sucking money out of my, like out of my wallet as quickly as possible. <laughs> Trying to transfer points within family. My mom has like points at six different places. Each place they charge you a, uh, $500 oh processing God. fee, uh, to each place. So you're already paying for other things, but then it's like, but on top of it, 500 per resort. So it's like the amount of money I just spent to just literally put my name on it. That's all that mm-hmm. nothing happened besides like on the contract. Now my name is on it next to my mom's name. That is it. And it was like, like gigantic like they're just trying to basically be like they're trying to make you not get these points they're like how can we make this really hard i have to talk to like an independent arbiter a special law firm in florida like and i had research i did it the right way uh it was it was crazy like but you all are owned by the same company why have to pay they're all the same hotel like they're not the same hotel they're individual i'm like oh you bastards you I can't believe you're so deep into Floridian law about timeshare <laughs> just to be like, Oh, it was, it was, it was a nightmare. It was, and it, t- and it took like months to do. And all the things I had to jump through, like I needed death certificates. I needed things. <laughs> I needed like, I was like, I like going through this is like, I don't know. Like I literally had two people helping me get all the information. Cause it's like, and what else do you need? All right, sure. Here's this, here's that, here's this to literally just put my name on it. My mom's name is still on it. I just <laughs> added a name to it. It sounds terrible, but also now you can dump all those into a cruise and like. Oh, look! I got the- these points. When my mom, my mom uses all the points now to uh, to basically get like the nicest room. Like when we were in Alani, we had a two floor. Oh my villa. god! 
And it was it was amazing. It was so uh, it was so great. And same thing for Animal Kingdom. We had a two floor thing. Like she just now will drive all of our points to like one 10 day trip. Yeah. For those like gigantic rooms that you only see the photo of as you're booking your double queen. Exactly. Yes. And it's so it really is like especially with kids and um, we brought our nanny on one of them and we didn't bring her on the other one. But yeah. Oh, I think we actually brought her to both. Yeah. So it's like everyone has a room. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah, that's great. I do have to ask, it, knowing that you're such a big Disney fan and you're pretty public about it, do you get a lot of slack about it from people you're friends with or people you work with? Because people know this about you. Yeah, no, I don't think it's viewed as being bad. I think that, like, look, we're in this time where I feel like, um, and I use this term loosely, but, like, anything that's viewed as, like, nerd culture is kind of, like, brought back it's like there's a power to it now so it's sort of like all right so i'm into comic books and disney or or star wars like i feel like there's less of a stigma attached to it right when i was a kid growing up i would be like oh i've I've been to disney every year you know since so and so and it wasn't until i was older when i was like oh people just don't do this like i didn't understand that a vacation could be taken to a place that didn't have a theme park like that was my only that was what I thought vacations were, you know? So now it's not like I'm like, I don't wear it on my sleeve, but you find people. I feel like all the cool things that I like, I have my people and I talk to them about it. Like, so I'm not like, I'm not like sidling up to people at an event and going <laughs> like, Hey, what do you think about this? Uh, you know, this princess and the frog, uh, retheming. So truly how Mountain, I work you know? the room at cocktail parties, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, it's like that, like, but I, but I know the people like, um, the podcast, the ride guys, like I have a thread going on with like Mike Carlson, like throughout the year of just like, did you see this? Did you like, and that's, and that's what I need. Like, I need that. Like same thing with you. Like I was able to like reach out to you and make, help me, show me what, what to do. Um, I, you know, and so I, I'm, I'm specific with who I approach about it, you know? Um, but I also don't wear it. I don't like, I, I live vicariously through people like you, like watching your videos and your uh, your your Instagram stories and your posts and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, I get my fill. I feel like that's what I didn't have before social media. And for as much as social media is a cesspool, uh, <laughs> there are these like great ways of like kind of keeping up with your friends, but also like I can enjoy your experience of Disney where I wouldn't necessarily be able to get that, that main lined in every single day. I appreciate that. That's so nice. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. Makes me feel like me yelling into my phone in public is worth something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean I've learned like I talk I learned about foam. I've learned about all this oh, sort of, but like, so it, like but there are these like there are all these like really fun things that I think also when you get into it like what you learn and what you like and you know, I I just I'm such uh I just love the fun of it. I think the parks never cease to be fun to me. And now they've got, become fun in a whole other levels. I can enjoy them as an adult. I can enjoy them as a parent. And uh, and they're two separate experiences uh, that are both incredibly fun. Paul, that's so beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and with that, I will ask you our rapid fire questions. Yes. What is your favorite character? Hmm, that's a good question. I am going to say, because it's the first thing that came to my head, I'd say Goofy. Like, if we're thinking, we're thinking, like, we're thinking main characters, right? We're not going to go, like, Smee. You know, I, I, I'm going like, I'm going like, you know, OG. I just built the Disney Lego castle, by the way, at my house. Very pleased with it. How many pieces? Uh, very big. It's very big. I don't know pieces. It's 14 bags. 
14 oh, oh. Uh, Lego bags <laughs> and each and sometimes those Lego bags are like three in a in a bag set. So like, you know, bag, you know, bag 14 is like three bags of 14, you know, so it's oh. big. It's big. It's a big it's a big like I'll show you a picture of it. Like, How long did it take? Well, my kids kind of got disinterested in the middle of it. So it sat on on the kitchen table for quite some time. Um, but this is can you see like. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, I, big, I don't even know how to describe what I'm looking at. It's like a double. If you had it, castle. Is that a minion? Uh, oh, yes. Oh, sorry. I put the minion there uh, for are fun. We, yeah. Are we crossing IP? Um, I did. I, I thought the minion would be fun. I do like out. it there. It Honestly, it fits. I hope one of the companies buys the other because of it. Um, it yeah. looks like maybe three cookie jars stacked on top of each other. It's yes, that big. About, that's about the right height. Yeah. It looks like there's no way you could have built that by hand. And then, by, and then when you turn it around, there's all these little scenes inside that are all like, you know, there's uh, there's like all like classic Disney scenes inside from Aladdin to Sleeping Beauty. Um, and yeah, really well done. It's a beautiful castle. I highly what, recommend. What thoughts do you have about them changing the color of it? You know, you posted that yesterday and uh, I was OK with it. I'm like, like, I, like I, I saw it. It looked a little bit more garish to me, right? Like that's that, like that, that, like I think there's something like always kind of, kind of beautiful and res- like not respectful, but just kind of like simple. And now it looks a little bit more like, um, like a cake topper. Uh, <laughs> it's here to or, party. Or that's what, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's kind of how I felt. I, I don't know. I'm not like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't bother me, but I also don't prefer it. <laughs> It's not a crushing blow like a magic shop, but also it's a little too shiny. Look, I'm going to go to, I'm going to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, we all have our hills to die on and mine are <laughs> much more embarrassing. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite land? Oh, my favorite land. Oh, wow. That's a really great, uh, huh. I think purely from how complete it is i love galaxy's edge i know that's kind of a cheat because it's new uh but i think you know i think my favorite lands would be something that would be in i'm just like i'm really like trying to go through all the parks too um galaxy's edge to me is so magnificent and uh uh like really i think that's the ride is the land um you know, whereas like New Orleans Square is something that I, I love, just like the f- I love the theming of that. But uh, but yeah, I'm going to say Galaxy's Edge right now just because it re- it it's the that and Hogwarts or that two part uh, thing at Universal. Like those took my breath away. I was like, oh, my God, I am living in a world Whereas the other ones are. I think, you know, it just gets better. Pandora is nice, but Pandora Pandora's nice. It's just not as complete. I mean, I guess maybe I just don't have an emotional connection to it, too. Like, it was like I entered into two worlds that I'm a fan of. I don't know how many Pandora or Avatar fans there are. So, yeah, that, that's what I would say. By the way, speaking about going back to an earlier part of our conversation, the great movie ride is something that, oh, I'm so upset about. But I also know maybe the Mickey Runaway train ride will be a better thing. But that's like that's a ride that has a real special connection to me. I love that ride. I can't wait to see when you do get to go what your thought about it is because you're so attached to a great movie ride. Because the thing that I found most interesting about Runaway Railway is that all ages go on it and it moves pretty aggressively. 
Oh, really? Yeah, and you can oh, bring like a full-blown baby on it. So I, I want to know like your parent perspective once you get to go. Okay, I will. Yes, I will. Uh, faster than um, than uh, than um, why am I forgetting its name? Uh, the 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 uh, the, the runway train ride. Why am I forgetting its name? Um, Big Thunder Mountain. Yes, oh. Big Thunder Mountain. Yeah, faster. Than oh that. well, it's, so it's it's trackless. So it's kind of like oh. if you had Rise of the Resistance. But there were sections where it moves like, you know, that Luigi's ride in Cars Land yes. where, where it spins. Yes. There's a part that feels kind of like that. So you have like oh, a, wow. similar to a rise situation, but you can bring like a, a toddler on it. It's crazy. Holy cow. Oh, you know what? I have to say, I just realized something. When you asked me about favorite land, I totally and completely left out. I think my favorite experience at Disney is Tokyo Disneyland, like the the not the Disneyland, but the one the Disney Sea. I didn't know you'd been Disney Sea. Oh yeah, I went to Tokyo uh, last year, and I brought my dad there. That was that whole park to me is how I feel about Galaxy's Edge. That yes. like I mean, <laughs> wow, wow, wow! Like what? I can't wait to go back. I loved every bit of it. I waited for two and a half hours to get on Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yes. I was. The car in front of me, it broke down, and then the whole ride broke, so I never got to ride it, so I watched the 4K version of it. Um, the same thing happened to me when I was trying to ride on the Gringotts ride at um, oh, at Harry no. Potter Land. I have terrible luck with the rides literally breaking down when I am feet away from it. Um, but uh, I, whoa, Disney Sea, wow. I mean, that is that is unlike anything I've ever ever experienced and i got to watch my favorite country bear jamboree over there in the disneyland and i i made my dad go on the trackless winnie the pooh and the monsters inc uh like over there like i, I brought my dad around my dad was down for it he had a good time i mean all the hits uh all the hits I, my next question lines up perfectly duffy and friends or mickey and friends oh wow because you've seen Here, you've seen cape cod with your eyes i know i love cape cod um look Mickey and Friends. I have a connection to Mickey, even though I have no idea what Mickey really stands for. Uh, you know, I don't know Mickey's personality. And that said, as someone who has watched a lot of Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse, the newly animated show, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm much. But I, I, I'm going to say that Daisy Duck, who I'm a fan of, and Minnie Mouse, I think their personality is great. The Minnie and Mickey, uh, Minnie, Minnie, <laughs> Minnie Mouse's or whatever, Minnie's Bowtoons, the two-minute shorts, great. Coco Loco or that little character i i like the mickey and friends mickey and friends have more personality although i think visually duffy and friends it's crazy it feels like in high school when everyone has a t-shirt and then you feel like you need to buy it when you're there oh, yeah. you're just like i i love stella lou now even though i don't know who this <laughs> animal is all i wanted to do when i was there was have a shirt that said disneyland tokyo i could not find the simplest shirts there and then i realized like a lot about japanese culture is this idea that they don't really have, I mean, they have merch, but a lot of it is this disposable merch. And it really made me like the whole idea behind it being like that you use the thing until it's done. Like, so you give somebody a pencil, you give somebody chocolate. Um, and it's sort of like it, it, uh, it kind of like gets rid of waste. It's like, I'm not going to fill your house full of shit. like, I'll give you this chocolate from where I went to Disney, to Disney sea and you'll eat it and you'll be thankful for it and then you'll throw it away and then you don't have to keep it in your house of like some weird souvenir. And I just love that idea. Like, here's a pencil. And when you're done with the pencil, you throw it away. Here's a pen. And I just love that idea of like giving not disposable gifts, but like usable gifts, like use it until it's done. And I, uh, uh, yeah. So I think 
American gifts are like, I'll give everybody, oh, this and this and this, and just gets shoved in the closet and eventually gets thrown away or Salvation Army something. I'm shaking my head in agreement while realizing that uh, all of my home spaces are slowly being crushed by the amount of things that I feel I need to buy <laughs> when oh, I go yeah, there. Yeah, no. Just like my, every my, Duffy my, piece of merchandise. My wife has like put the kibosh on anything. I, uh, I host this Marvel show that, like we're, you know, that talks about like uh, comic book shops and trying to help uh, comic book shops you know, just kind of make sure people go and mm-hmm. support them. Um, and I have to keep all of my like nerdy stuff in a bag. And then when I take <laughs> that show, I take it out, I put it all around and then I tape it and I put it all back in the bag and I put it back in the closet. You don't like, have like so a I... space in your house, like a bookshelf where it all gets shoved into. No, not now. Not now. We don't have any bookshelves in our house right now. We just moved uh, last September and we're, we have not put a bookshelf in and I used to have an office. I had so much good stuff in there and I, left that office because I didn't like where it was like location wise and and it all that stuff is boxed up waiting to be released again <laughs> but uh right now uh I am I am without uh I am without my nerd uh my nerdy fun stuff my you know Disneyland uh, you know phone booth or whatever I have I have like a haunted mansion figurines all this kind of cool Wait, stuff yeah what's the coolest office. thing you have what's the one thing that you're like when I open these boxes up I'm getting that out first mm. I really, wow, that's a great question. One of the things I love is this toy that I had when I was a kid, and it's a Star Trek Next Generation transporter room. Uh, it's not a Disney thing, so I guess that doesn't count. But um, it's, and you could actually put figures in, and you can make them disappear. So I'll put my Mighty Boosh figures in there, and they can go disappear. They can transport out. But as far as Disney, there is, um, you have this really great statuette of um, from the Haunted Mansion of like um, the, the guys in quicksand. Uh, which I, oh, uh, cool. I love. Uh, that's a really cool thing. And I also have something from Disney Sea, which I love. It's a, it's a trash can. It's a Disney Sea trash can that's a pencil holder, and I love that. Oh, I've only seen those as like salt and pepper shakers in America. Oh, I have all the Disney trash can Christmas ornaments. Oh, you got a whole trash tree. <laughs> I got a whole trash tree. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, what is the most secret space within Disney parks that you've been to, if you can discuss it? Club 33 was very cool. The um, the bar part of Club 33 was very cool. Um, I would say... But, I mean, you know the odd, bizarre joy of being in an empty theme park. It's crazy. Oh, it is amazing. I've been working on something that I've been, like, basically trying to get back to that thing. Just to see it and, uh, you know, like, when I even followed Josh... Damaro or whatever his name is. Uh, Josh Damaro. Uh, Damaro, yeah. Our like Disney on King. Instagram. Yeah, yeah like uh, <laughs> just to see him, like I'm like, oh, that would be so fun to be there. Even, you know, just see like just walking around. And I think one of the coolest things is obviously like Disney hadn't been closed for such a long time, you know, from the during the pandemic. And and the idea that there were maintenance crews and security teams there, you know, it must have just been a very fun experience because it's so uh incredibly unique just unique it's just not it's it's not something that anyone's really ever experienced in their lifetime so i I thought about that a lot like what that what that uh that energy is and that that just would be really kind of cool to see everything kind of closed up i completely agree it's just so bizarre to see people making the magic when people aren't in the park yes like yes i I mean well there's so much that goes on and it's it's not even like so much yeah, and that like that's what I would really love to see is just you know uh, yeah that kind of stuff. I'm I'm 
hopefully if an idea that I have gets to to work out, we'll see. Uh, I would love to see more of it. Does this mean the screenplay is happening? Oh no! This is a this is um, a kind of a continued collaboration with Disney Plus uh, that I've oh. been working on. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Very yeah. excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing all of your Disney obsession. Uh, I'm so glad it. to give you a safe space where you can express yeah. your feelings. <laughs> It was uh, it was such a thrill to talk to you. I hope I did not uh, just ramble on and on, but it's so fun to uh, oh, to chat about all this. Not stuff. at all. You have the perfect opinions of a true fan. <laughs> well, thank well, you thanks so, so much. much for having me. Of course, that was a blast. to Paul for hopping on the pod. Be sure to check out his latest show, Black Monday, and don't miss How Did This Get Made, the podcast where he unpacks unfathomable movies. It's co-hosted by June Diane Raphael, a fantastic actor and star of Grace and Frankie, who also happens to be his wife, and Jason Manzukis, a comedian who has as many feelings about pop culture as the rest of us do. Unspooled, his other podcast where he discusses classic movies with critic Amy Nicholson, just started a back-to-school slate with episodes on Mean Girls, Rebel Without a Cause, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Paul also has a very cool Disney Plus docu-series, Marvel's 616, focused on the history of Marvel comics and really intriguing stories, including long-forgotten Marvel comic characters. Stay tuned for its arrival on the streaming service later this year. Thank you again to Paul, and with that, let's head to the Churro Hotline. Hi, Carly. Oh my gosh, this thrills me to know that this works. I know people have very, very heated opinions about it, but I want to know where you stand when you go into World Showcase. Do you start with Mexico or Canada? Thank you so much. This is the best podcast. Love you. Thanks. Thank you for your call about this pivotal issue. Any discussion along these lines always brings to mind an absolutely iconic tweet by my friend Nicole Nolte, who once said, do you always enter Disneyland through the same tunnel or are you normal? Now I am not normal, but I do want to express that I'm not a one issue voter either. I have specific opinions about how I enter every park, which I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you already know I operate my life in that way. I always think that beyond Epcot, at other parks, it's perfectly normal to have a favorite side. For me, I always like entering on the left at Disneyland and Magic Kingdom because it's typically the exit and traffic can be lighter. But I think I'm mostly influenced by that there's a popcorn machine there and... To me, that's kind of the most important sight you can get, way more important than anything that comes out of the right tunnel, which really has more of a chaotic energy to it. At Disneyland, there's always some character meet and greets happening, and the way those lines form, they always get cut off and you're always disappointed. So I have some dark feelings associated with not getting in line to meet Goofy in time on the right-hand side. So perhaps that influences it. Perhaps it's taking a monorail in and favoring the left at Magic Kingdom. Who knows? At Animal Kingdom, though... I'll often split which walkway I enter in, but I always, always, always choose to fork left, which from the entrance perspective is the right-hand side when I exit. Always. Same with being inside the park. Once I'm in, I always go left. I don't think I've ever turned right towards Dinoland. Ever? Ever. There's nothing I'm rushing to do over there. Never. <laughs> like, may maybe? No. 
No, like that stuff can wait for the end of the day when I'm totally beat. Like I'm going left. I'm going to Starbucks. I'm going to Tiffin's. I'm going to Nomad. Like there's there's no reason to turn the other way. Which brings us, of course, to Epcot, the age old debate of do you go left or right? Do you choose Mexico over Canada? And I have to tell you, there is only one correct answer here, and it is Mexico. It is always going to be Mexico. Basically, are you at World Showcase to have fun? Or are you a complete psychopath? This is a one direction running track to me. Going to Canada first is like driving the wrong way on the expressway. It is illegal, it is dangerous, and it is a mistake that could have lasting effects. Now, I will give a, I guess a Disney get out of jail free pass to anyone who is going right for a specific reason, which includes exclusively <laughs> the weird new mobile home Starbucks, dinner at La Cellier, or that festival show place that's open during the current new iteration of Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. But really, that's it. That's it. Even if I'm headed to the International Gateway, I will still always go the other direction. You really want to live an Epcot life where you can casually pick up an avocado margarita or a soft pretzel or a caramel popcorn on your way out of the park or back to a hotel or to go do other things. Strolling past maple popcorn and fish and chips? Not as riveting. I've only met a few people in my life who go Canada first, so I'm pretty sure this is universally considered the correct choice. But if you, for some reason, start your World Showcase journey to the right, please let me know. I'm really curious as to how you live your entire life incorrectly. I must know what goes in your brain that makes you turn right when all of Mexico is right there on offer. <sighs> Mexico Pavilion forever. Hey, Carly, this is Matt Shanley. We've spoken on Twitter a few times. Uh, I just wanted to call and see if I could get your perspective on the just burning hatred that you have for Olumel uh, on uh, on Very Amusing. Uh, the first episode was great, and uh, looking forward to hearing more. Thanks. You know... In my bones, I knew this day would come. I've been very public about how I feel about sweet old baby Olumel, and I guess it's time to stand up for what I believe in, which is that he is a terrible character who sullies the strong Disney brand. If you happen to live a full life with, say, hobbies, and haven't spent your time evaluating your feelings on the entire strata of Duffy and his many, many friends, let me give you an overview so I can effectively share the details and draw you towards my side in this argument. Duffy the Disney Bear is a character who was launched in America but ultimately found his home at Disney's overseas parks. He is a stuffed bear gifted by Minnie Mouse to Mickey Mouse who has Mickey silhouettes in his little paws. Next came Shelley May, who is a kind of female counterpart to Duffy and resembles him quite closely, only with a prominent bow. You can see the Mickey Minnie parallels at work here, only Duffy and Shelly are best friends exclusively. As his cult following grew, so did his inner circle of friends. You have Gelatoni, a feline painter whose artistic medium once saw him making a portrait from Duffy's spilt gelato. Stella Lou, a bunny ballerina who commiserated with Duffy over how dreams are made. Cookie Ann, an inventive gourmand who loves combining sweet treats. And Olu, some beach bum they met in Hawaii. Okay... Fine. Olu Mel, a friendly turtle musician who plays happy love songs on the ukulele at Olani, Disney's Hawaii resort. Sidebar for the mega fans, we're not even going to get into Tippy Blue, which is like calculus level Duffy discussion. So where this podcast is concerned, this is Duffy's full orbit of friendships. I have made it quite clear in the past 
that I despise Olu. I think he's an absolute waste of a character. His friendship with the gang is like welcoming a water ski instructor from a one-time trip into your family. He is the marshmallow sauce in the international Duffy fluffer nutter that ties American Disney locales to this Duffy universe. But because his home base is an American entity, Olu Mel is all we have and nothing that I want. In fact, if you search Duffy on Shop Disney right now, you'll get some Arebus Brother crystal-studded Duffy thing and a full wardrobe of Olu products. Olu backpack, Olu purse, Olu keychain, Olu outfit, Olu notebook. It's endless and nothing from the rest of the group. Now, some of that is our own fault. Uh, Americans did not snap up Duffy merchandise as possibly intended, but there is a large group of us who are obsessed with getting souvenirs of Duffy, Shelley, Stella, Cookie, and Gelatoni from the overseas parks. These characters can be found at Paris, but Shanghai, Hong Kong, and Tokyo is really where it's at for a Duffy head. Now, as I mentioned last week, you can't really talk about Tokyo Disneyland without referencing TDR Explorer, whose guidebooks, website, and YouTube channel are required reading and viewing if you're heading to any Asia park. So it's only natural that Chris Nelge, who runs the site, is a preeminent expert on all things Duffy and Friends. As our back and forths on Twitter, which have preceded us, have made it clear, him and I do not see eye to eye nor shell to shell on Olu Mel. Things are even more timely now because Chris posted last week that a full Olumel meet and greet character will be debuting at Shanghai Disneyland next month. And that character is a walking naked turtle nightmare. So naturally, I had to call him up and hash it out, debate style, to unpack if this turtle really does belong besides Duffy or not. Welcome to the show, Chris. I feel like we're entering this conversation as friends, and I don't know how we will emerge out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little nervous, let's be honest. <laughs> Seems like our whole our whole lives have been leading up to this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it, it's just, we have these little quips back and forth online, poking fun at each other, and now I feel like it's finally coming to a head. <laughs> yeah, it's like truly like a big um, political debate because... I am in the anti-Olu camp, and you seem to have terrible taste. <laughs> so, uh, I just, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I really hate him. Why? I guess I, I, that's my first question: is why? Like, what did he do to you? Well, actually, I want to know why you love Olu because okay. I'm choosing to open my mind to a different perspective and maybe be swayed. Okay. Well, he's cute, first of all. I'm a sucker for that. <laughs> I know that's that's really not a good argument at all. But for Olu, when I was growing up, um, I'm of the age where, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the thing when I was a child. And so I've always had this fondness for, I guess, turtles. And being a big fan of Duffy and Friends, like I love, I love all the Duffy and Friends. And then when I heard there was a turtle coming, I'll admit I was apprehensive at first, and I kind of thought, "What? Why? Why a turtle? How? How do you make a turtle cute? I don't get it. Like it's a reptile. I don't. Okay." And then when he came, and I had a friend actually pick him up for me from Alani because I have a friend who lives near Alani in Hawaii, and he picked it up for me and he sent it over. And then when I got it, I fell in love. I'm like, 
Because his little, he has a little Mickey, like Mickey ears on his turtle shell and everything. And he's just, I don't know. He's just that friend that is just kind of there for no real reason. But he's, it's comforting that he is there. (laughs) Okay, wait, because that's the exact reason why I despise him. (laughs) Okay. It's because I, so to me, Olumel is a grifter. He is a friend that they met on vacation at Olani that somehow wound up following them back to Asia and is now a part of their lives. Like, they can't get rid of him. He is a burden on their souls. He was never invited to be in the core group. And then all of a sudden, they're about to debut a, a full Olu character at Shanghai. And I'm like, I, how did you get here? No one wants you here. Like, you're a new cast <laughs> member. No one had a, had a poll or a discussion to see if you belonged. We were very happy with Cookie Ann being the last new friend. And now, like, you're this turtle here making some loud music that nobody wants. Get out of here. <laughs> it's always the quiet ones you have to watch out for because they just kind of <laughs> swoop in. And that's exactly what Olu did. I commend Olu for his perseverance and being very <laughs> under the radar. And now he is slowly taking over. That it's, is- so, it's so wild that he, because okay, he started at Alani. He was like an Alani specific Duffy and Friends character. And then, like, his migration kind of lined up with the pandemic, which is very sus in my point of view, that he was like, everything's great in Hawaii now, but I know the numbers are going to rise. So let me just jet and, like, join a different pod, become friends with them, and then I can thrive. Ah, oh, God, I just, I just hate him. I just really hate him. But he has a really cute outfit now from Disney Sea here. What is the what's the outfit? He has a little like a little Hawaiian outfit and it's really cute and colorful and it's just adorable. Like, you know, leave it to Tokyo Disney to make it cute. Cuter. Yeah, they could truly make a turd cute, which they did with Olu, clearly. <laughs> and you would know the timestamps on this better than I would, but he which park did he appear in first? I just remember being very emotional over the summer when he started showing up in like full store displays. I remember the Shanghai one maybe most recently, but he was integrated pretty quickly, it seemed like. Yeah, kind of, again, he kind of just swooped right in there. He saw an opportunity and he took it. So I, oh he was Shanghai first and then Hong Kong. And you know, Hong Kong's closed again right now. And then... Now he's in Disney Sea, but it's kind of weird with Disney Sea though. He has his merchandise, but it's only available online. He's not actually in the park yet. See, so I don't, I don't know what is, they're doing. This is with a that. well-governed theme park. They understand <laughs> that there's a potential threat, and they are not letting him in the gate. <laughs> but they gave him a cute outfit, so I don't know. I don't know what their what their plan is. It's truly like he's a con artist. They don't want him in the country. He has like an incorrect passport. No one wants him there, and he can't come in. It's kind of like uh, Americans visiting Japan right now. You can't get in. And yeah. <laughs> same same with him. He can't get in, but he found a loophole because he's a grifter. <laughs> I just... So I will maybe give it to you that he's cute because he looks like a tiny old man. But okay. The the crux of my hatred for this stupid turtle is his personality, which I think is a full sack of garbage. Um, I, I'm sure you're familiar with both stories, which is his origin story of why he's at Alani is because he plays ukulele to make love songs, which like, ew. Uh, but then his, when he got his second name, like his second name ceremony story is that Duffy was looking for him and couldn't 
find him. So like Duffy and Shelly Mae spent their beautiful Hawaii day looking for this burnout. And then they finally found him and he's like, hey, and he was just watching the waves playing music. Isn't that irritating? (laughs) Uh, I'll admit the story is a little weaker than the other characters, at least with, you know, the other Duffy characters, you know, Duffy ran into Gelatoni who, um, well, Duffy dropped his ice or gelato and Gelatoni ended up painting with the gelato and Minnie, Minnie Mouse played a goddess and created uh, Shelly May. (laughs) And then what was uh, Stella Lou was found on a Broadway stage by Duffy, which that's questionable. (laughs) <laughs> That's questionable in my, you know, I have questions, Duffy. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to talk. And then Cookie Ann, he just happened to be walking, Duffy was walking down Main Street and, well, in Hong Kong Disneyland of all places, and just happened to pass by Cookie Ann, who, I don't know, was a part-time cast member or something, I don't know, <laughs> in the bakery, and he thought it was good, and there you go, and then now she's part of the gang. Now, see, to me, that's a very diverse friend group. But then you have this guy who just showed up from Hawaii, plays the most annoying type of guitar, should have remained a vacation friend, and is now in the fold. It's like whenever you have a friend who dates someone terribly annoying, you know what I mean? And then you're like, oh, I hang out with this person. That's Olu. <laughs> yeah, okay, I... I totally see that. I see that. I I, pre- I appreciate you. I appreciate you being like, let's let this this wild woman just like take it down a few notches before we say anything contradictory. <laughs> I just, uh, my personal opinion is that he should stay in Alani where he belongs. He should be Alani exclusive. It shouldn't be a situation where he's the only merchandise Americans can get unless you wait four months for things to come by boat right now. So it's, uh, uh, it's just very upsetting to me. I never thought about that from uh, an American perspective because Duffy and Friends is just really not a thing at I all. No, and they and that's our own fault. And I understand that. And I I need to reconcile with that on my own. <laughs> <laughs> we had our chance, and we absolutely failed. Uh, while in Japan, he is thriving and has an entire Cape Cod world. He did like dances on stage. It's a dream. I would like to know your ranking of Duffy characters. Uh, I was worried this was going to happen. Well, it doesn't mean that you hate any of them because uh, I don't think that you openly dislike any of the crew, do you? No, no. Okay. So it's just like your favorite, your first favorite to your like sixth favorite. Is there six? Is that how math works? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of them now. Yeah. Um, okay. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to, I know, I know people are going to like, Come at me on Twitter or whatever, but that, that's okay. Bring it on. Uh, well, number one has to be my, like, Duffy. Like, Duffy was the original, and it, nothing tops Duffy for me, to be quite mm-hmm. honest. So we got Duffy. Then I'm going to go Gelatoni. Brilliant choice. Cookie Ann. I love oh, Cookie, Cookie Ann. Oh, Cookie with the bronze medal. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then I'm going to go Olu. Oh, <laughs> sorry. And then Shelly Mae. And then Stella Lou, because wow. I don't, Stella Lou's deal, I don't know. I don't know about Stella Lou. A little, little rocky in my, in my opinion. Again, I mean, it goes back to like, Duffy, what were you doing? Like, why were you, I don't know. There's just something like weird 1980s kind of like <laughs> movie-esque kind of 
bad setup for a movie kind of <laughs> that's it's like a, the how vibe are you I here? Get. yeah yeah it's like oh okay very cliche cool wow i'm shocked <laughs> i never would have thought that would be your ranking at this point with all of your travels have you met all of them, save for Olu, which is coming. And I know that photo is going to come one day and I'm not going to be able to handle it. <laughs> and you're going to be tagged in it on every social oh, media platform. God. I know I'm going to see it at like night because of the time difference and just be like, no, <laughs> my life is ruined. <laughs> that naked turtle. Oh, my God. After this discussion, have I swayed you at all against Olu? <laughs> no, not at all. No, I didn't budge. <laughs> My feet are firmly planted in the ground and have my two stuffed Olus with me and they're not going anywhere. You have two? You have two? I got two. Why? Well, well, because one has to be naked and one has to have his outfit from Disney Sea. I hate this so much. <laughs> I hate this. By the sounds of that, it sounds like you're not swayed at all either. I, well, <laughs> I will of, give you this. I, I well, understand and respect your um, turtle-based appreciation of the character. So I will give you that. I will maybe stop calling him so terrifying and ugly. But I still think his personality sucks. <laughs> I think he's a fair. bad personality. I think that nobody <laughs> wants him there. I think it's the type of thing where he's chilling with all of them. And then Duffy and Shelly Mae go for a walk or whatever. Go get a latte. And Duffy's like, well, he's here because he's your friend. And she's like, he's here because he's your friend. And then they realize that nobody likes him. And then hopefully he goes away. <laughs> you never know. One can dream. I very much appreciate you coming on for Olu Discourse. Uh, of course. And I will absolutely have you back on when it, the episodes are a good fit like this one. <laughs> well, it appears I may have lost the debate regardless because 10 minutes after we recorded that chat, I got a text from Chris that Olu Mel is now being sold inside of Tokyo Disney Sea. So I may have won the battle, but I clearly lost the war and Olumel is here to stay. I hope that answers why I hate him so much. <laughs> Not Chris, Olumel, the loser turtle from Alani, but I may just have to live with it. And that's on me. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Very Amusing with Carly Wiesel. Thank you too to everyone who called in on the Turo Hotline. I want to let you know now that just because your call wasn't used in this week's episode doesn't mean it won't be used in the future. 
there's a few that I'm definitely saving for episodes to come. So if you don't hear yourself now, if we don't respond immediately, don't worry, it most likely will happen. Also, thank you in advance for not mentioning on the internet that this episode sounded very nasally. I filled my allergy prescription every three months and completely forgot that I was out of pills. So as you can probably tell, I cannot survive out in the world, out in the wilderness, because I am a full-blown indoor kid at heart and my body rejects anything that is blooming. So I apologize after the fact if it sounded like the nose from Double Dare landed its own podcast and I appreciate you uh, bearing with it, let's say. Very Amusing with Carly Wiesel is edited impeccably by Jeff Fox. And again, I won't beg you this time, but if you could subscribe, leave a nice review, put some stars on it on Apple Podcasts, it would be greatly appreciated. Apparently, and I'm just learning this, the iTunes algorithm is unpredictable and no one really knows how it works. It's kind of a secret mystery, but apparently those things do a good job. And then the people who took a chance on me will be happy and everyone wins. So thank you in advance. Everyone who already subscribed and reviewed and rated and everything, thank you so much. We were able to debut in the top 200 of all of Apple Podcasts. I still can't even wrap my brain around it. I tried to do the math and I guess there's... 500,000 podcasts on Apple Podcasts and we were 150. So thank you so much. We would not be able to do this without you. If you are listening right now, you, yes, you, I'm in your ear. You, thank you. Honestly, from the bottom of my potentially Grinch-like heart, if I get no theme park Christmas time, thank you so much for everything. And please be sure to stay tuned for next week when we will be unpacking a familiar Disney mystery. It's something a lot of you probably know about, but have no idea how it came to be. And I'm working very, very hard to find a true answer at the bottom of this. Ooh, I don't even want to say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swallow it. I'm going to keep it a secret. But next week, if this one comes together, whoo, it's quite possibly already my favorite episode, and that will solidify it. So thank you for listening. Thank you for continuing to listen. You can find me at Carly Wiesel on Instagram and Twitter, CarlyWiesel.com, Very-Amusing.com. Special thank you to Paul Shear for being our very first hidden Mickey. And you can find Chris Nelgay of TDR Explorer on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube but especially the TDR Explorer website. I cannot recommend the guidebook enough. I'll say it now. I've said it a million times before. He has so many good tips that you cannot find anywhere else, including how you can get a shoe warmer at one of the TDR hotels to put inside your shoes if it rains to warm them up. So highly, highly recommend everything he's got going on. Thank you again for listening. See you real soon. Sweetheart, it's mom. At least I can reach you through here, thank God. I wanted you to know that I did get dad to subscribe. Yay! I had to walk him through. And he is now a subscriber, and I'm making him listen to it. So I said it's only 45 minutes, and I've heard it like two or three times already. And I love it. Congratulations on that one. And I started to think that I miss you so much that maybe we should do this like a theme. Like I should call every week and leave you a message. I love that because you always make me erase my other messages when I call your phone. I can't leave one, but here you tell me to leave one. So it's a win-win. I love you. I'm proud of you and can't wait for this week. Bye, sweetheart.